This is Vincent, and you're listening to Liberal Lies, Liars, and True Believers. We all know that liberals lie. They lie all the time, and their friends in the media lie too. Their uninformed true believers claim that liberals are the smartest people in the room. But facts prove that wherever they have power, there's only failure. Our mission is to expose their lies, to stand up to their lies, and to keep our freedom. Normally, I don't like passing a lot of new laws. When Congress passes a law, it usually ends up raising my taxes and putting money into the hands of people who'll waste it. And if they aren't picking my pocket, they're trying to take away my freedom. And I don't like that either. You have to watch these people all the time, because if you don't, you'll wind up broke and without any freedom. But some laws are necessary, and I think we need one now to protect us from a team of Harvard University scientists. You just knew this day was coming. You come up with a phony cause like climate change. Well, it wasn't always climate change. It started out as global cooling. A bunch of scientists said the planet was cooling, and we were heading into an ice age. They said the planet was going to get so cold that no plants would grow, and polar bears would be everywhere, and we couldn't ever keep warm because there wouldn't be enough fossil fuels to make heat. So the world was going to end, and there was nothing anyone could do about it. Then, when everyone laughed at them, they realized that global cooling and another ice age wasn't a very good idea. If we couldn't stop it from happening by adopting socialism, then it wasn't a very good idea at all. And the answer to making things better was to burn more fossil fuels, not less. And if we really had another ice age, we'd all wind up frozen under the ice. And then someday, when that ice age was over, the ice would melt, and the new people inhabiting the earth would see our frozen bodies and wonder who we were and what happened to us. They'd make up a lot of stories, and people would make guesses and call it science, and some of our bodies would wind up on display in museums, and there'd be movies made about us, and they'd scare people. Everyone would wonder how the Earth froze up solid like that, and why didn't the scientists find a way to keep everyone warm until all the ice went away? So, a few years later, they started talking about global warming which sounded like a much better way to scare people. And they started telling everyone that the earth was getting warmer. But no one was taking them seriously, just like when they said we were all going to freeze to death. And that was making them really mad. Then the government stepped in and gave out a huge amount of money to colleges and universities and told their scientists that they had to prove that there really was such a thing as global warming. And if they didn't do that, the government wouldn't give them any more money. The scientists got the message. If you tell a scientist or a college or university president that they can get money for doing something for the government, they do it. I mean, they already had been doing a lot of research for the government, so what's the big deal? For instance, the government has been experimenting for years with psychics to see if they can move objects or read the minds of our enemies. I read where they even tried to read the mind of AOC. They had to give that one up, though, because it assumed that the bird brain bartender actually had a brain. Then there were all of the government studies where they took the heads off dogs and they transplanted them onto the bodies of other dogs. And speaking of dogs, 
the government paid $30,000 to put on a play by William Shakespeare, and the cast was made up entirely of dogs. The government spent over a half million dollars to find out how cocaine affects the sex habits of Japanese quails. If they wanted to find out how cocaine affects sex habits, all they had to do was read Hunter Biden's new book. Over the course of 20 years, scientists at Northwestern University were paid millions of dollars to watch hamsters fight. Now, some animal activists got that program canceled, but you can see that the government has paid scientists at colleges and universities a lot of money to study some pretty crazy things. So, when they started giving out millions and millions of dollars just to prove that the planet was getting warmer, that probably sounded like one of the more rational things to study. If you gave out millions and millions of dollars to prove that the planet was getting colder, the scientists would gladly do that too, and they did. If you pay them enough money, in fact, they'll prove just about anything you want. They don't care as long as they get the cash. You want to prove that pigeons are actually very smart and have a plan to take over the world? Put up the money, and some scientist will find a way to make it happen. Give these scientists enough money, and they'll prove anything, no matter how crazy it sounds. Does that mean we have too many scientists? Shouldn't they all be working on things like curing cancer or finding a way to do some very important things? Well, that'd be nice, but it doesn't work that way. Science is a tough business. You have to be really smart to work on a cure for cancer or putting a person on Mars or anything really important. Only the very smartest people get to work on these projects. I know someone who's very smart. They got a Ph.D., and they were very lucky to get a job trying to find a cure for cancer at a very big hospital. That person only lasted a year on the job. He said that he thought he was really smart until he got into meetings at this hospital with some truly brilliant people. He said they were so smart that they were three steps ahead of him when they'd be talking about a cure for cancer. He said he began to feel really dumb, and his confidence in himself was all about gone. He said, you don't know anything about being really smart until you try to keep up with these people. He eventually got a job teaching. And still, with all of the most brilliant people all over the world, we still aren't really close to curing cancer. Scientists are finding ways to keep people alive for a few months longer when they get it, but cures are still hard to find. And space scientists are still light years away from finding ways to travel to other galaxies to find life. We've been on the moon, and there have been some landings on asteroids to see if we can plunder them for valuable minerals, and in the future, we'll get back to the moon and even get to Mars. And the scientists will build space stations on both places so people can live there. But the living conditions won't be very good. But that's a far cry from being able to actually travel in space. All of the reports of spaceships and flying saucers traveling to Earth from other planets are like science fiction to our scientists. They don't know how they get here. They talk about traveling to other places in the galaxy by using suspended animation where they put you to sleep for a hundred or even a thousand years, and then when you wake up, you're close to some planet where there might be intelligent life. And if there isn't, what do you do then?
go back to sleep, find another planet, call Earth and find out if they still even exist? In a thousand years, science will have advanced and artificial intelligence will help. But will it advance enough to do you and your little spaceship any good as it sits a hundred million light years away? The challenge, of course, is that to travel in space, you need to find a way to go faster than the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles a second. And so far, the only people who have done that are the creators of Star Trek. They can travel at warp speed, and they can use a transporter, too. 186,000 miles a second sounds pretty fast, but when it comes to space travel, it's like standing still. And Captain Kirk and Spock can't help us. Scientists can hardly even comprehend what it will take to travel in space, let alone actually do it. And these are the smartest people on Earth. So to work on a cure for cancer or to find a way to travel in space, you need to be really smart. What about all the other scientists who don't make it to those programs? Well, if you're really smart, you can get a good job doing research, maybe into curing other diseases like diabetes. There are other good jobs, too. Think about how great you'd feel about yourself if you were one of the scientists who helped develop the COVID-19 vaccine. Like anything else, if you're not one of the really smart scientists, you make adjustments. It's like if you can't be a major league baseball player, you maybe can play in the minor leagues. And these days, if you're a pretty good male athlete, you can be a very good female athlete. All you have to do is say you identify as a woman. Or you can teach, like my friend. Or you can work at a college or university and watch hamsters beat each other into a bloody pulp. And if you aren't suited for that, if you can't teach or watch hamsters fight, you can be a climate scientist. I know you had your heart set on curing cancer or finding a way to fly to different solar systems, but that didn't work out. So now you'll study anything that the government will pay you for. So now you're a climate scientist, and they're paying you to say that the planet is getting warmer. And you can't say that it's warming naturally either. You can't ever say that the planet has been very cold and very hot at various times in history. You have to say that the planet is getting warmer and that human beings are causing it to get warmer. And some physicists have studied the climate, too. And physicists can be really smart. But most of them think the planet could be warming or not. But humans can't do a damn thing about it. And some of these physicists think that the planet warming up maybe won't hurt anything. And it might actually help. To politicians, that makes these really smart physicists the enemy. But most climate scientists aren't physicists. And they say the planet is getting really hot. And if the government doesn't do something about it right now, before it's too late, we're all going to die a horrible death. Just horrible. Worse than anything you see in a movie. And you see some pretty bad things in movies these days. This will be worse than seeing a movie starring Barbara Streisand or Madonna or Cher. Yes, it'll be that bad. We must give the government complete power over our lives or we'll all die. And now we have these Harvard and European scientists who want to shut down the sun. You knew it would come to this eventually. What else could be done to save the planet? 
These scientists from Harvard University and from Europe want to shut it down just enough so the planet won't get so hot that it catches on fire. But they don't want to make it so cold that we all freeze to death. Well, that sounds reasonable to me. How about you? Or is it like trying to bake a cake with no recipe? Turn the oven on to 350 degrees and bake for 30 minutes. But what happens if you bake for 40 minutes? This doesn't sound very scientific to me. How long should you block out the sun to get the desired effect? A week? Two weeks? A year? And what if something goes wrong? Bake a cake too long and you have a burned cake and you can just throw it away or feed it to the birds. Shut down the sun for too long and you have nuclear winter. Luckily for the inhabitants of the planet, this little experiment has been postponed by the Swedish government. That's where it was going to take place, in a little town in the northern part of Sweden. Now, these scientists were going to release a balloon into the atmosphere, and it would be carrying materials that would reflect the sun and cause the planet to cool. The experiment was called SCOPEX. That's short for Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment. I call it lunacy. And apparently, the Swedish government agrees thankfully. Apparently, critics think that releasing these particles could be risky because they could damage the ozone layer and disrupt ecosystems. You think? A special committee set up by Harvard to study the societal and ethical aspects of the project had also called for the test to be postponed in order to review the implications for Sweden's indigenous Sami people and Sweden in general. Well, How about the Earth in general? Should any of these mad scientists take that into account? So, it isn't enough that climate crazies are telling us that only worldwide socialism can save us from climate change, and we have a president of the United States who seems to agree with that scary premise. We now have scientists who want to do experiments that could kill the planet. Oops, we made a little mistake, and pretty soon the whole world will be just like the North Pole, only colder. We need to pass a law, and fast. I don't think we can outlaw Harvard University altogether, which might be a very good idea, but we should at least try to stop them from destroying the planet. This is carrying things too far, even for Joe Biden and the bird-brained bartender. Now, I know that John Kerry probably likes this experiment, and Al Gore, too, but the rest of us sane people don't like it at all. This is what happens when you let scientists who can't cure cancer or work on interstellar travel or even try to come up with a better deodorant get any power. I can't believe this is happening, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but we need a law, and we need it fast before it starts getting very cold all of a sudden.